I'm Griffin. I'm Molly. And we're going into the Superverse. Guys. We're back. We're here. After the last... We're home. We are. Well... After. We are home. No way home. Peter is, I guess, home in his new home. Not really home. Okay, if you haven't seen No Way Home, what are you doing? Yeah, stop. Maybe you auto-played this by accident or something, but please, if you have not seen this movie yet, and... Don't use this podcast as a way to get the information, because you know we're not going to be able to give you an unshaded version. One, don't do that. If you haven't seen No Way Home, don't listen. If you haven't seen... Hawkeye, also don't listen, because we're going to be talking Mm. about that. And quite frankly, if you haven't seen Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Pretty much there will be spoilers for everything related to any superhero movie ever. Yep. So just be forewarned. If you don't care, then go nuts, because we're certainly going to. All right. So we watched it last night. We're going to try and put this out maybe today, Friday. Yeah. Because uh, we want we want everyone to know our thoughts. No cuts. No. Uh, quite frankly, I think we both really loved this. I mean, like, this is, like, I walked out of that, and my whole experience sitting there was like, holy shit, like, this is really good. I, um, I gasped. I laughed. I clapped and cheered. I cried a lot at one scene. Yeah. Um, it was a lot. It runs the gamut. I think, and I said this to Griffin, like, probably, like, right before the movie started, I was like, I think this movie is going to meet my every expectation, and it did exactly that. Maybe even beyond, but I, we ha- we all collectively going to see this movie, I think, had high expectations for it. There was so much hype around it. Yeah. Like, and I think it met that hype. And then some. Like, I know that MJ says, expect disappointment. Yeah, seriously. I couldn't do it. And, like, I was, yeah, I think I was, I was a little nervous going into it because my hype was so high. And I was like, what if they fumble? But they did not fumble. They completed the pass and got the touchdown, the game-winning touchdown. And that is the only football analogy you'll ever hear me make on this podcast. I would say, wait, wait, what was the analogy that you used? I was worried that they would fumble it, but the pass was completed, and they carried it to a glorious touchdown. I would even say that Tom Holland made an interception from the last film. There you go. And went the other direction. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, As you may or may not have listened to last week's, yesterday's episode, um... We weren't super kind to Far From Home. We had a lot to say, and I don't think we're going to spend a lot of time talking about it because this movie certainly didn't address anything that happened to that movie other than his identity was yeah, revealed. And, yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah, what all the events of Far From Home, except for the, the credit scene, are pretty self-contained. And, uh, you know, Molly addressed this on our Instagram story. Follow us on Instagram if you haven't. But, you know, that was our criticisms of Far From Home were really coming from a place of love 
for the character for the series. Yes. And we just had several bones to pick. And if we came off like really harsh, um, just know that I know we said it, but like we, we really do enjoy that movie. Um, I think we were just, we both kind of had realizations about the nature of the story. But we're not going to talk about it. We're not going to talk about it. And we don't have that attitude about No Way Home because... Not at all. <laughs> Quite the opposite. Yeah. I was kind of thinking this morning, so we decided not to record like late last night after the movie. Had to simmer a little bit. But it was also like 11 o'clock and we were tired. That's true. Um, I think I could have definitely done it. I mean, the, but... my energy levels would have been high, but... Um... I was just, like, thinking about, because I thought you might ask, like, which one do you like better, Homecoming or this one? Yeah, and I was I, going to ask. I don't really feel like I can compare them. Like, I like them for different reasons. For sure. I mean, they're very different stories. The tone is different, and, like, what they're trying to do with the character is different. But to me, obviously, they're vying for the top spot. But I, you know me, in my new movies, like, I'm going to say, like, right now, like, if I had to give, if someone like gun to my head, rank them, no way home's going to be at the top because like what this movie did and like the story that it told and like the, the emotional highs and lows that it went to are like unrivaled by the other ones. As far as I'm concerned. Yes. I think that this is like a better movie, but I'm thinking the way I think about it is like, if there's a movie on TV, like, and I'm going to stop and watch it. I'm much more likely to stop and watch Homecoming. Well, that's an easier watch. Exactly. So. it's an, Yeah, I think that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Um, like, not necessarily, for me, like, I wouldn't necessarily say that makes it better. But, yeah. No, I, yeah, this I is don't like, know. There's, this is, like, a heavy movie, and Homecoming was not heavy. Um, We'll probably be jumping all around with our notes. Yeah, I think we, we both kind of just did, like, a stream of consciousness i'll try to hit like overarching notes before going really deep into plot stuff so one thing that i can just say overall start to finish was the fight scenes in this movie were such a step up from the other two that we've seen in the homecoming episode i talked a lot about how spider-man didn't throw any punches and it was like a lot of reactive things that he was doing in his fights and it has gone like completely in the other direction. Um, it was what I was just gonna disagree. I don't think it's gone in oh. the other direction. Like I think they showed him still using like his surroundings and like the gadgets. Yeah, but he, but he didn't start to include obviously. Yeah, but he's like fighting. throwing like when he's fighting Green Goblin oh, both yeah. times. Yeah, he's like punching him like through walls and like. I mean, I agree. Yeah, but I, I don't mean it's the opposite because I feel like we still saw him doing those other. Things. I'm not saying that, but like. John Watts, when directing Homecoming, was like, we're not having Peter throw punches. Like, that's what I mean. Is this They're a different like, director? No, same guy. Oh, see, which, I thought it was shot even, differently. No, this is actually the first MCU trilogy to have the same director throughout all three movies. That's cool. I did, it just, it just was, it seemed like it was shot differently, I guess. I agree. I think he was just, I think there were a lot more, like, cool cinematography moments in this one. Maybe the cinematographer was different. I don't know. Um... But I just, I really liked that because it felt very visceral and that fit the stakes. It wouldn't have, for me, it wouldn't have worked if like even, you know, pre what happens happens, he's fighting these villains, like kind of in his like hands off, going to use the environment to attack style. Like this was, yeah. this was personal. Right. And he fought like it was personal. 
Yeah, I think one thing, and a little bit touching on the fighting style, but the whole tone of this movie was so, like, perfect. Like, it really hit this, um, like... I, I kind of called it, like, even though it's the third movie, this is kind of his origin story movie, yeah. which is interesting. And they also, like, the other tone part I feel like they hit was, like, it felt, like, very modern. Like, they hit, like, these plots and, and story arcs that have been done so many times, but they made them feel really fresh and modern. And I don't really know how they did it. Like, even to the point of, like... MJ, quote-unquote, damsel in distress, needs to be saved. Like, that all felt so modern and so well done, like, in a 2021 era. And, of course, they were talking about how it's modern compared to our other Spider-Mans that we get. So, like, they they knew... Obviously, they knew what they were doing, but, like, I still don't really uh, understand how they were able to capture it so perfectly, that modern Yeah, I, I, don't, I couldn't really put my finger on either, but it's a really impressive achievement because they could have easily been bogged down by like the weight of these other franchises that they tied in and kind of gotten caught up in making it like feel like a throwback to these other series, but they didn't. Yeah. Like they're literally reusing villains, but it still feels like we are in Tom Holland's Spider-Man, which is clearly a very progressive and modern version of the Spider-Mans that we've gotten. Like it didn't lose that. And in fact, it like enhanced it in some ways. And like having those villains like still be themselves but behaving differently um like really worked in its favor like a big one for me is like how norman osborne is like he's depicted as someone that is like you know going through this really heavy mental struggle between himself and the goblin persona like when we see him in the feast shelter and he looks like someone who's like like you know really just like completely lost like may says just completely helpless like so much so that i was at least questioning like is this all an act and that's the question that we kept asking in the first movie and i and we got those answers and same with doc ock like how much of this is really doc ock how much of it and we got all of those answers that we asked so many movies ago pretty crazy that they were able to follow up like a plot thread that we were wondering about from a 20 year old almost 20 year old movie um unbelievable and before that you said that this was kind of like the origin movie which is kind of crazy to say for like the third movie in a trilogy but i saw a reddit comment that really reflected that same thought that was saying that between all six of tom holland's appearances in the mcu where people were like well we're gonna bring him in without an origin story um and now we're here and it's like we are now at, like, this is the end of his origin story. Like, everything that he has gone through in the MCU so far is setting up, like, him as Spider-Man, which is crazy. But it's like, after all this time, and after all the criticisms of he, him being, like, Iron Man Jr. and having Stark backing and, like... Being, I'm so glad they dropped all that. Yeah, and, like, him being, like, comfortable and, like, not broke and... Oh, he has friends and all the things that people are like, this isn't really what Spider-Man is. And now it's like, he is broke. He has nothing and no one except him and his homemade suit that he made with a sewing machine. Yeah, I love that. We are now like at baseline Spider-Man. Also, glad they brought the blue back. It looks... We only got to see it for a couple couple minutes, but it looks 
amazing. I uh, is it amazing? <laughs> it's amazing. You're amazing. Andrew, you're like amazing. <laughs> we'll get to that. Uh, yeah. Um, but so I, I have no idea where they're going to go and it was a very sad ending, but at the same time it was a very Spider-Man ending because it reflects like, yeah. this is how all the Tobey Maguire movies ended with him having to walk away from the people that he loves for like the greater good. And this is that, but on an exponentially bigger scale than anything before. Well, I, like, I do think he made a bigger sacrifice, but in the long run, it's almost easier now for him because it's, because they don't remember him. Like, he just has to, like, keep going forward. Yeah, Um, yeah. So, in the long run, it'll be easier. Like, right now, obviously, it's not easy. I mean, I think he'll end up telling MJ. Yeah, yeah. But, um, We'll see how they handle it. Yeah. I agree. I just... Yes, I know I brought up the origin story thing, but did we have to Uncle Ben, Aunt May? There were so many callbacks to the video game in this movie. In yeah, my but opinion. even in the video game, he's an older Spider-Man. Like, yeah. Aunt May is old. This Aunt May has so much left to give. I know, you, you like got really hyped when they showed Feast. Yeah, I mean, it just... I, I feel like... It, it is really sad because Marissa Tomei was a great Aunt May, and they didn't give her a whole lot of character moments um, in the first two movies. Like, more so, I mean, you know... I like, think I, in Homecoming, they set in her Homecoming, up really well. More. Of course, she was barely in Far From Home. And I'm still upset that they robbed us of a moment um, talking about his identity as Spider-Man initially, because I think it would have made it more it. important. Yeah. And also, I... I read from one of the writers of Homecoming that they had a scene where when Peter is going to Homecoming, May was going to like have him try on one of old Ben's old suits because she like had them all and hadn't gotten rid of them after he died. I don't know why they would have cut that. Um, but clearly she was this supporting character, but they really, in, in the time that she was in this movie, they really like nailed in like how important she is to him, to Peter. Yeah. And, like, the whole thing... We like, should have seen it coming. Right. I still didn't, though. But, like, her being the reason that he does what he does regarding the villains is, like, huge. Yeah, and in the moment, I was like, mm, this feels like, why are they doing this? Like, why are why is she being so hard on him about this? And obviously it made sense. I'm not, like, mad that they did that. But I it did stick out to me as, like, huh, this is, like... But I still wasn't thinking, like, that was going to happen. No. I Never once... If you had told me, like, someone's going to die in this movie, like, who do you think it is? I would have never put Aunt May on that list. No. I want people thought Ned. <laughs> That's another way, like, they flipped the script like again like this yeah i think that's what i was trying to look for earlier they like flipped the script but like kept the spider-man essence as you were saying i mean like what we see the motto that we see on may's headstone is the one out of the video game oh really like i think when they did that in the game they were like oh wow like this can be like i guess for a while maybe aunt may was one of those unkillable kind of characters um but i think it's it was incredibly sad but it was really effective it makes a lot of sense especially with this like reset origin story midway through origin story whatever we want to call it like it obviously makes sense it's just like heartbreaking it is fucking brutal 
But and they so I know we're jumping to like the middle of the movie when she dies, but like they lingered, lingered on her, and I was like, stop. They, I mean, it was so well done. I mean, it was rude, and I really was hoping that when she said she was okay, she was actually okay. But I was like, she just got she was not she okay. just got knocked out of frame by a green goblin. Like that was if she had walked away from that, I would have been like happy, but also like this is ridiculous. I at that so when I when she was saying she was okay, I was like, well, she's clearly not okay. But I was thinking that they were gonna do like cut away. And then they show her, like, in the hospital, like, fighting for her life yeah. kind of situation in which she does survive. Like, yeah, yeah. a classic comic book thing. Um, and then when she, like, goes down, I was like, no, no. Some people, as soon as you started, as soon as she was the one to say with great power, uh, people were like, oh, oh yeah. it's over. You say that, you're done. Well, and I loved that. The other two Spider-Mans brought up that 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 line was also said the day Uncle Ben died, which I never really thought about it like that specifically. But I was like, because it it's always a little corny now. Ever since the first movie, uh, I liked how she delivered it. But like, I just I'm glad they did it so that they could bring in that moment, which is obviously why yeah, they did yeah. it. Um, I mean, just devastating, but also like, you know. Like, it made it, sorry, it just, like, made it less corny, the fact that it always is said, like, on the day that you're... Yeah. Like, it's, like, fate. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Totally. All I was gonna say was, like, it was really bold of them to do that, and they just did, like, a really good job of it. Like, the actual scene where it happens, like, it wouldn't have been earned unless it came from someone that was, like, truly a threat, and, like, Willem Dafoe was an incredibly threatening presence in this, like, more than the first movie... Like, cause he was just like unrelenting. Well, yeah, and the two personalities were so much more distinct in this yes. one, which made it scarier, yeah. kind of. Even though you'd think it'd be the opposite, like where oh, which one is it? Like that's scarier, but this was way scarier. Yeah, I mean, it was just, and so you know, him Norman Osborn being the one to do it after threatening to kill May in another universe decades ago is insane. And also just, like, the follow-through and the way that we see it affect Peter is just, like, I, I loved, like, how that played out throughout the movie and the way that he had to grapple with that at the end when he's fighting Norman again um, was just, like, really well done. Should we talk about some of the stuff that happens earlier, though? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, any early notes? Well, one of my, like, very first notes is, like, in the beginning... MJ and Peter just being like so cute together and I just really like it I think that this is the best um Zendaya MJ movie that we've gotten totally. by far like they have really underused her I think um to the point that I like did not care about their relationship in the last movie um which I don't know if I really said that but like and nothing against them I think they're great it was just like they kind of underwrote her and um, I just really liked her role and, like, the role of her and Ned's friendship, like, blossoming out of this movie. Um, their, like, relationship being, like, so sturdy, um, which obviously just made it harder at the end. Um, and then just, like, both her and Ned's, like, usefulness as, like, a team. Yeah. 
And still being, like, we're still, like, civilians and, like, can't do things on our own, like, fully. But, like, we're not so, like, helpless. Kind of them as a unit. And then, of course, we get Ned's stuff. Of course. But the way that they tied them into Peter's plight was really well done. um, Because it gives them a reason to be, you know, they would already be invested if the outcome of Far From Home was just all of this attention and stuff against Peter, but having the whole MIT subplot, I think was important, both how it tied them in at the beginning of the movie and also like the payoff at the end, because the whole ending of this movie wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have hit as well as it did if they hadn't properly set up Ned and MJ's roles in this story and how it affects them. Yeah. So it's like we, you have this Peter doing this whole sacrifice where he's basically like giving, you know, he's sacrificing his identity, but you like see that these other characters have been struggling as a result of everything that's happened to him. Well, and they've so, been making sacrifices for him. And he knows that now. Like, and I think they communicated that really well. Yeah. I did think it was interesting. They kind of did a misdirection and maybe it was specifically for the trailer but the trailer is so much focused on, like, all of this, like, legal repercussions that were coming at them. And then they just, like, dropped that completely, even though they, like, made a thing about um, Happy, like, getting in trouble. And I was like, okay, I want to get back to that. But, um, so they dropped that. And then I feel like they kind of lowered the stakes, though, by making it about the college applications, which is fine. Um, but I was like, why, why did they introduce the legal stuff just to drop it? I mean... I know we were getting they, one yeah. character introduction. Yeah, was that was that all it was for? Uh, well, we'll talk about that in a sec, because okay. I do want to say that. I think the reason why, if I had to guess, the reason why they moved away from the legal side of things is just because there wasn't a way to like weave that into what they were doing. It was like, even if they fought all these villains and did all this stuff, like what he did... You know, there, there, this wasn't about dis, like proving his innocence in the Mysterio thing. I think we were just like, we have to move on from this. As Matt Murdock said, it's a court of public opinion now. Yeah. But speaking, yeah, well, <laughs> well, just real quick before we go to Matt Murdock, though, um, I, I think it just would have created more impetus for him to go to Doctor Strange. It's like not just are these like colleges not accepting us, like. We have we could potentially be arrested mm. or like they're surveilling us. Like there are other consequences happening. Like yeah. I think it just would have added to the stakes, and then even more so because like Doctor Strange is like, you're doing this just because like you didn't get into college and you didn't even try and like call them or anything. I'm like great scene, which <laughs> I'm not mad. Like I think that's great, and I think it shows. And he says once again, like I forget how young you are. I'm like yeah, like. That's an illogical thing to do in a movie, or illogical thing, and yes, it's a movie, but, like, it made sense that it was illogical, unlike other movies that do illogical things that uh, don't make sense. It can be illogical and believable. Yes, yes, thank you. Um, Uh, Yeah, so fortunately, they had the world's greatest lawyer there to get him off, and we are introduced to Matt Murdock walking straight out of Daredevil season one. Looking exactly the same. Don't know where Foggy was. He's got the Kane's glasses. You know, they're back at uh, Nelson and Murdoch. Oh, excuse me, Nelson, Murdoch, and Paige. We'll see what they they do when we see Daredevil again. Um, 
you know, we, we see the guy for all of 30 seconds. Yes, but... He shows up, you know, you're done, I'm a great lawyer. Catches and also, a brick. Yeah, let me, let me grab this brick. I love it, because they're <laughs> telling you this is who you think it is. Yeah. I mean... Like, he's not just a lawyer, because that's what you were saying, if he was gonna... Well, you knew he was gonna be in it. I mean, like... Or it was, like, there heavily was rumored. really strongly rumored. Yeah. Um, I would have been sad if he wasn't. But yeah, I didn't have it, like, confirmed for me or anything, but it was more like, yeah, we'll probably see Matt Murdock, but, like, not in the Daredevil suit. I was like, all right. But, yeah, it's still just, like... Yeah, yeah. No, this I is like that we got that little tease. Really like that, and I, I really hope that we get to see them interact again and of course that would be daredevil and spider-man not daredevil and peter parker um but people have wanted to see them as a team since the netflix shows so here's the opportunity and uh between that and this is why i'm telling you to watch hawkeye or get spoiled kingpin has just been introduced and you know we saw that introduction 24 hours before we saw this in theaters. So they're clearly bringing these characters together again, and I'm really excited to see where that goes. And now that Spider-Man is in the position where he's in, there's actual reason to believe that he could be involved with these characters because he's not fighting Avengers-level threats anymore. Yeah, he's now a neighborhood Spider-Man. Um, the other thing that kind of got brought up and all that is like Happy's role in this movie. This is one of the like small flaws in this movie. I feel like they didn't know what he they were doing with his character, and it definitely felt like that. Like just kind of aimless. Like okay, we're breaking him up with May. Fine, um, that's kind of funny, like comic relief. But then he's like in and out of it. He's like kind of there when May dies, but like we don't. I don't know. It's just like he was just there. <laughs> yeah, for me, it kind of worked because I feel like a theme of this movie was like moving on from the Tony. world of Spider-Man that we've known. Yeah, and that includes Tony. And Happy is so closely tied to that story that when he when he and May break up, it's like, well, I don't really have much of a reason. Like we don't know what he's doing, really. I he's you know they moved out of Stark Tower. I don't know, like, what his job is. Like, is on Pepper the still running anything? I think doubtful. So. I don't know. Like, I, yeah, we don't know what the the status of Stark Industries Stark Industries is anymore. I mean, they we see that they get like raided by the Department of Damage Control in the beginning because they're like seizing all of the drones. Well, and, and stuff. in Hawkeye, there's a bunch of Stark stuff, stuff from Avengers Compound that have ended up on the black market so like i feel like it's been kind of just shut down indefinitely yeah and no one's like running things i think we'll we'll get some answers on that eventually but yeah i i do agree but i i appreciated his presence because i i do like him as a character we get the funny moment where they have his old school picture being shown on the news which i liked and um, oh yeah him having that scene with Peter at the end at May's yeah. gravestone was, like, some of, like, just the best, like, real emotion that he's gotten to show. Because so much of his character has just been... Comic relief. Or, like, just counter snark to Stark. That's a fun sentence. Um, but this was really nice. And I'm, you know, because that could very well be, like, the last time that we see Happy. 
in these movies. Because he doesn't really have a connection to anybody else. I mean, maybe like when we get like the War Machine show and stuff, but I'm not expecting... Uh, that would be interesting. I mean, I see John Favreau like not coming back for much. Like right. he was clearly like doing the Spider-Man ones, but I also don't think he's against it. I just feel like he's not like he doesn't need to no, the make character another is pretty much done. Um, maybe something small, like a very small cameo. Right. <clears throat> I would like to talk about Doctor Strange's presence. Which is mostly in the first half of the movie. Yeah, so um, he goes to him. Yeah, and the first trailer showed us quite a bit of this scene. Right. Uh, the the general conceit of why Peter goes to Doctor Strange and what Doctor Strange does to try to remedy the situation. But they did tweak a couple things from the trailer that made it make a bit more sense. In the trailer, they had Wong, who is Sorcerer Supreme... Good job, Wong. Got it on a technicality, according to Strange, but I don't know about that. I think he earned it. And in the trailer, Wong tells Strange to not cast the spell, and then it implies that Strange does it anyway, even though Wong tells him not to. But I like that in the movie, Wong's just like, I'm just not involved. Like, I'm going to leave, and you're going to do what you're going to do. So people were just drawing a lot of conclusions, myself included, on how Doctor Strange is being an idiot but I don't think it comes off that way in the movie. I think, you know, I like that it's established that we know what this spell is and that it has been used for much, like, more... It's trivial. Yeah. Reasons um, than for, like, what, what Peter wants, which is very, very valid. And they also found a good way to sideline him, which I think a lot of people also thought was maybe a bit silly because they keep having to do this with their really powerful characters. You know, in Endgame, they had Doctor Strange holding off water for the entire final battle so the battlefield wouldn't get flooded. And, I don't even remember yeah, that. Yeah, he's just kind of there, and he, he kind of does the same thing at the end of this movie. But, you know, him being trapped in the mirror dimension actually makes sense, and... Also, but it was done really well. Like, what, again, it was believable. Exactly. Like, like I, that Peter figured out how to, like, beat him at yeah. his own game, kind of. Right. Like, I wasn't like, oh, my God. Like, what are they... Why have they made Doctor Strange so weak? It's like, no, he just got outsmarted because he underestimated the fact that he was working with slash against a bunch of teenagers. But they are smart teenagers. Yeah, I do... I'm, I do question this, like, version of Strange, I guess. Like, part of me is, like... This feels correct because, like, we saw Strange being, like, a super reckless person in general. But, like, this feels, like, reckless in a way that I thought he had matured past. Like, in his first movie, like, it's all about him kind of, like, maturing and not being so reckless, I yeah. guess. And, like, but I guess you're, what you're saying makes sense. Like, the spell is not, it's not supposed to be that reckless. Yeah, I think it's, like, you know, by their standards... A fairly, I mean, Wong says it can be dangerous, but, like, if Peter hadn't gotten in the way, then it would have been fine. But it got, I, I it seemed like it got out of hand, like, so easily, which I guess is a whole thing with magic. Yeah. I'm, like, fine with that right. setup. But... I thought it would be 
like a bigger plot annoyance but for me it didn't it didn't bother me that much and i i was like okay i can accept what's happening here i thought we were gonna get another scene with wong like kind of scolding him or his reaction to what has now happened which will be in doctor strange too <laughs> we'll have to talk about the post post cred yeah one thing i kind of missed in this movie which they were doing a lot of stuff and like it wouldn't have really fit was like i kind of started to miss the school scene and mostly the school characters like we get one very short scene of martin star and J- jb smooth is yeah. that right and Hannibal Burris is there Her- i don't but, care he, about he, no it's well I mean, it's, it's funny because he's siding with mysterio yeah. and he's a conspiracy theorist yes, which all checks out but and we also get betty so. Very short, yeah, and some flash stuff, but I, I just kind of missed, like, that school atmosphere, but of course it didn't make sense to have that, but... I'll be honest with you, they included more of that than I thought they would. Well, even I knew it was, it was supposed to be his anything. senior year, yeah. so... But even the stuff, like, with with Flash having, like, written this book and stuff, I was like, this is nice. Flashpoint, amazing. Which, some people think that that's an Easter egg, uh, it being called Flashpoint, because in DC, there's like multiple, or there was like one big comic event called Flashpoint where the Flash goes back in time and it like resets everything or like changes things. Mm. So this is kind of like interesting. Wow. You can kind of look DC at DC Marvel crossover. This movie is kind of like a soft reboot yeah. for the Peter Parker character in the MCU. So I mean, no one has convinced me that. Flash being Flash is not significant. I know that they're in different universes. <laughs> I mean, look, out of everything, this is the most reason to to doubt that they're separate. Are we ready to talk about our supervillains? I think we are. I think we are. The first supervillain that we meet is, of course, the one that we are introduced to in the first trailer. And we didn't watch the second trailer I have. I actually watched it this morning because I was curious. Without me? I was just on my phone and I was like, okay, let me see. And they show like a lot. Like we see Sandman, Electro. You know, mm-hmm. we see like flashes of them in the first trailer. Um, literally flashes. Of literally. Uh, but we meet we meet Otto Octavius first. And <laughs> Is that really your name? <laughs> that's also that was like, a great. Bit. He's just like he's so annoyed by their presence the entire time, which I find very funny. Um, I didn't know how this was going to play out or how they were going to have Peter like interact with these villains, but I really liked how they characterized him and had him be like, "You're not Peter," and kind of have like this like crisis of conscience about like, "What am I doing here?" And they did that for all the villains. Like, yeah. why am I here? Like, what is happening? It it feels like we're watching an actual comic, like, cartoon where you, like, see them, like, kind of get cut out of theirs and, like, pasted yeah. into this and them being like, what? Um, I, I, I really liked all of this and it was, like, so fun. I'm so glad we watched all of the movies leading up to this because it just made everything so fresh. Like, I would have forgotten about Sandman altogether and, like, his whole thing and, like... Um, but I, I think the challenge was those movies have all different writers and now we have new writers for this movie and, like, there was, there was like, this disconnect where I was like, I, this doesn't 
really feel like the Doc Ock that we just left, like that where he just left off. Right. Like, but it worked for this movie. But I was like, I was even though it's like literally the same actors, there was just something off about it that like I couldn't like shake. Especially Doc Ock because he had so many yeah lines, especially in the beginning. He was just like such a curmudgeon. Right. Yeah. He's. They're all slightly different. I mean, some obviously in much bigger ways than others. And then you have a lizard who is exactly the same and doesn't really do anything except be the lizard. Um, I just, I was like a bit worried too, like on the implementation of all these guys, but like it worked really well. Even, you know, like we knew that Jamie Foxx was coming back and he himself was like, I'm not blue this time. And I was like, how the fuck is that going to make any sense? And then we see him for a second like in that and then he's like oh it's different now and i'm like you know what all right because clearly i think jamie fox was playing jamie fox in this um and not so much max but i found that it didn't really bother me that much because i enjoyed like his character this way it it wouldn't have bothered me if this was our first time meeting him it only bothered me because we're supposed to be getting the characters from the old movie and i think he was the worst of our super villains him and like dr connors who also like was i felt like we were getting a weird vibe from him and i was like i don't even remember like where your character conscience like was when we not good yeah so (laughs) he was a little odd and like him just being like i'm gonna wait in the car and i was like i didn't know where he stood and i guess he ended up standing against the spider-mans but um well they were all fairly easily swayed by one villainous speech and he wasn't even there to hear it right yeah i don't know what his deal was and and sandman too he was like at first like i'm not gonna fight you and then i think i think they made his really clear though he's like i just want to get home if helping you is gonna do that great and then nope this is taking too long i'm gonna do my own thing right right he wasn't like helping green goblin or anything no um yeah i i didn't really like the Jamie Foxx of it all. Like, it just, like, wasn't... To me, it wasn't Max Dillon, but I really liked him anyway. I thought... Like, I... I Honestly, I, yeah, I, I just think I prefer this to, like... As a, yeah, I prefer this version of I it. I get what you're saying, though. I do. It's... it's There is the disconnect that you mentioned, but um, he was clearly having a great time, and I liked his character design a lot, and, like, how yeah. his... I, this is, like, what they should have done. Modern. Um, but... <laughs> I mostly loved all of the interactions we got when they're in their little prison cells. Like, that stuff was so good. And, like, the fact that, like, they... Yeah, them knowing each other... Or some of them, and then, they're like, they're figuring it out before, right. like... Like, when Doc Ock is like, that's Norman, and, like, you died, this doesn't make any sense. I was like, oh, I love this. I love this. And the fact that Peter and Strange are like, what the hell are you talking about? But they, they all know. Yeah, um... I, I do have questions about how things work. Um, I, yeah, I, I can't think too much about the logistics, but let's, I love let's try thinking about the logistics. Because at least one of these makes no sense for them to be there. Who? Electra. Electra has no reason to be here because he didn't know who Peter Parker was. Ever? No, I thought he... Oh. Interesting. I don't, think, I don't think he ever did. Interesting. Um, Other Green Goblin. 
could have been there. I thought about that. I was like, ooh, are they going to bring in other Green Goblin? I mean... I I have a note about that. Tom Hardy's Venom doesn't know who Peter Parker is. But that even... Because I've seen... You know, I've I've been on a lot of Reddit discussion threads in the last... How long has it been? (laughs) 18 hours? Um, They can at least justify the Venom one by being like... Venom has this multiversal knowledge of the other Peter Parker. Oh, okay. Fine. But like, I know I'm. That's acceptable. Yeah, to Max me. Dillon should be in the darkness to Peter Parker, but not Spider Man. I don't know. Oh yes. So how are they all coming from? Their different time periods. Well, that made sense. They're all like, I guess, weirdly, right before they're about to die. Because I guess that's when they're like thinking about Peter slash spider-man the most i don't know whatever that doesn't matter to me but um what the the spider-man's coming through i guess like and they're all older like they're not at the same time as like their villains and obviously they couldn't be for all of them but like just kind of random like current day is that supposed to be like current day because we are supposed to know that that's in the past. I think so, because, like... I just kind of talked myself through that. Because I think we have, like, the the Doc Ock from Spider-Man 2. He is coming fresh out of Spider-Man 2. Like, he's about to die. Mm-hmm. But then the Tobey Maguire, who we haven't even talked about the other Spider-Man I know, yet. I know, But the Tobey Maguire that we get is... Yeah, he's, he's older. And when Doc Ock sees him, he's like, you're not... He's like, you're grown up. Yeah, I know. So I think it is just... See, this is why, like, I can't try to dissect it too much. Because I think it was just kind of It's just weird that they're convenient. different universes, but also different times in their universes. But I think that's fine. Like, it's uh, yeah. magic. It's I think portals. When, I, when I think about, like, what we see, like, what-ifs depiction of the multiverse, I'm imagining that corridor that the Watcher is in, where we have windows into the other multiverses. And when the spell got fucked up, people were just... You know, I'm imagining, like, the glass panes of that multiverse shattering and people just falling in and out and, like, down. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's, like, time, but if across, yeah. it's, like... And it's just... It's a mess. And, like, also Loki's version of time. It's, like, these instances, but it's not linear. Like yeah. It's, like, it once the multiverse opened, like, things that haven't happened yet or something have already happened. It's just... yeah. There's no rhyme or reason, which I feel like is part of the yeah. reason why they didn't try to explain it. Yeah, they all knew what was going on. Right. That's fine. Um, should we talk about our our friends, the boys? The boys are back in town. So, first of all, this well, actually, I want something before that because that yeah. that's like I think that drives like the second half of the movie, mm-hmm. but a really really big scene for me was the scene right before Aunt May's death where they're in Happy Hogan's condo and we get some really good Spidey sense stuff in this movie. Yeah. And the best one is when they're all there. They're like working on these cures. They've just replaced Doc Ock's chip. It's like going well. Electro's about to be de-electrode. Seems like everything's going fine. And then, like, the tension starts to, like, amp up because J. Jonah Jameson gets to the building. Like, we know that, like, Lizard's outside like doing Like, our thing. Spidey sense and, is going Yeah, off. and then his starts going off. And it's... I love that scene. 
because he's just like slowly walking. It's all it's really zoomed in on him, and he doesn't like we don't know. And like I was like I have no idea what to expect right now. Oh, and, I knew Goblin. Like they were they were cutting to Goblin. Like it was clear that he and he messed with the venom thing. Yeah, I don't know if you were. I did watching notice that. that. Um, That's why it didn't work. Yeah. Right. Uh, maybe I didn't put that together. I saw him. Yeah. I mean, I didn't put it together like the second that they did the venom thing or whatever. Not venom, but like serum. Yeah. But later, I thought about it. I was like, oh, I think it was. Yeah. I just loved that sequence because. Yeah, like I was the... wondering why it was like heightened. I was wondering if it was like literally because they were all there that it height because it it felt like it was significant yeah that it was like more than he's ever felt yeah, before it's just like super like sensitive and, and then him like just, getting norman right and like the the, the optics of him like in this tiny space with like five incredibly powerful super villains and being like i don't know what's wrong when it's like literally anything could go wrong right now like but he figured it out yeah i mean they still yeah things still happened but like my god and then like I mean, that whole, everything after that was just, like, insane. But when they're, when, when Peter and Norman are fighting in the hallway and Peter's just punching Norman and he's just, like, laughing and smiling at him, I was like, <gasps> like, this dude is scary. Apparently, um, Willem Dafoe, like, insisted on doing his own stunts for this movie, which I, was I just, saw like, that. wild. I um, love it. Yeah, he was really great. Again, I mean... Willem Dafoe. I mean, and they, like, did it less corny, and, I mean, it still worked the first time around, and it continues to work over and over again. Yeah, um, they, they got him in the same movie to be, like, the most threatening he's ever been, and also say one of his meme lines, so good job, writers, when he's in the cell. He's like, you know, I'm something of a scientist myself, which he says in the first movie, and that's very memed so uh i think i heard someone in our theater like laugh at that but let's just jump past the next devastating scene and we into already the, talked about it the comic relief that comes immediately after which was much needed the ned at ned's house yeah okay first of all oh my gosh ned has magic <laughs> i'm it. so excited about this and again this is something we brought up Sorry, I'm not meaning to bang my fist <laughs> so much, but we talked about this in Homecoming. Do you remember? Did we really? No, not, I mean, obviously not this specifically. Can you refresh me? Okay, let's see if I can remember what we said. I think we were just talking about how, like, we were talking about Gangi and, or Genki and Ned and just, like, having, like, a role to play. And I think you said something about, like... It would be cool if he had, like, his own thing. Mm. Man, I don't remember this at all. I hope I'm thinking of the right thing now. If you're listening, tell us. <laughs> and if you remember. I'm not going to listen through the whole episode again, so. so um, no. I think I think we said something along those lines. Well, I know we talked about Spider-Gwen, MJ right. yeah. type of thing. But I just, I really love it, especially because... This movie, and Ned was never upset, but I was a little upset, like, oh, like, MJ is, like, replacing a lot of Ned's role in Peter's life. What is this, what is this going to mean for, like, Ned? Like, and then 
they had a they had a resolution to that. They did. They did. I just I hope he's in stuff without Spider Man. Like not not like I hope, but like, like, it's like he can be like Wong's apprentice. Right. Like Wong has started showing up and stuff without Doctor Strange, so I know. let's do it. I I'm love so it. excited. He was really good at it. It took Doctor Strange so long to figure out how to do that. Yeah. Yeah, Ned figured out how to use a sling ring in like 30 seconds. On accident. A, a magic god. And, and uh, he knew. And I love his... Uh, his I love that it was a bit. Yes. And then it was real. And his grandma. Yes. Who was just unperturbed Lola. by everything. I don't know. I think um, Ned is Filipino. And yeah. I think that's like a Filipino term for like grandma. But that's what they called her, Lola. right? Yeah, Lola. Yeah, I and love that they all called her that. Good and they're night. Like, she's like speaking Tagalog, and like they don't they don't subtitle it or anything. So no. <laughs> everyone's just everyone except Ned is like what? But she speaks English. <laughs> yeah, she's just like this is better. <laughs> okay, so I think we all as soon as they started like talking about using the sling ring. To find Peter. I think we all, we knew where this was going. I did not. You didn't? I didn't know until he started walking towards them. And I was like, that's not when, him. As soon as they were like, like, find Peter. I was like, oh, yeah. Like, this is, this is how we're well, going to do it. So this was obviously, like, put into the stars long ago that this was going to happen. And I was definitely, like, on board with that. But then as we were watching the movie and it was, like, so centered on this, like, supervillain plot, I kind of was like, maybe they they weren't going to do the multiple Spider-Mans. I mean, it was in the back of my head, but I was like, this is interesting in its own right just to do the supervillains and, like, see how he, like, kind of deals with them, whatever. And, like, it's a nod to those other Spider-Man movies. But then, like, of course they did do it and I was very excited. Like, I was just thinking, though, like, what if we didn't know, like, have any inclination that that was going to happen? Like... It would have been absolutely insane. But, like, this was probably, like, the worst kept secret of any Marvel movie ever. Which is fine. Like, who could possibly keep this a secret? You just know that, like, Sony and Marvel were, like, going nuts to try to stop anything from leaking. But, like, there was no way. I also think that they were okay with it. Like, they wanted that buzz, you know? They, they wanted people to be like, oh, are they going to do it? Which made it even crazier to me that, like, they never put them in the trailers or even hinted at it. So, good job, Sony, because I wouldn't, no, put, I think it, that's I wouldn't really put it past good. them. Um, I mean, some of them might have been is, as Spider-Man, I guess, but they were wearing their suits, so people would have picked up yeah. on that. Um, the only thing is, I feel so bad for Andrew Garfield having to do this press for tick tick boom for the last two months and the only thing that people are asking him is are you in spider-man and he's just had to say no vehemently no i love it and i hope he still does it yeah i hope he's like i'm not in that movie <laughs> i'm really proud of him just, <laughs> he really is amazing he is he was he my is. favorite again that's what everybody has been saying they're like this was like such a a showcase of like why people like his spider-man and him as an actor. I just adored like, him yeah, so much. like, fantastic. And great introduction, because I love that they made it, like, these introductions low-key. Mm-hmm. Because it's, like... Especially Toby's. Yeah. But, like, the audience is going nuts. But I like... These characters have no reason to be, like, yo, it's Spider-Man. They're, like, you're not Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> and MJ being, like, 
crawl on the ceiling. Prove it. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> Loved it. Loved the bread throwing and him being like... <laughs> My spider says it's a go for bread. <laughs> uh, but he does it for Lola's. <laughs> Clean the cobwebs off. Oh, God, it's so fucking funny. And it's like cobwebs. Like, I, it's just... <laughs> that whole sequence, like, feels like a fever dream. Because it just... That's something that, like... There's actually, uh, last night I saw this link to a Reddit thread from, like, four years ago that someone made, like, a fan poster of, like, the three Spider-Men, like, standing on a rooftop with, like, a portal with, like, all the villains coming out and, like, Doctor Strange hovering over it and people are like, this is never gonna fucking happen. People be like, this would be awful! Like, why would we bring all these characters back? It wouldn't work in live action. But Reddit just made it so you can, like, comment on old threads. So all these people were pouring in being like, how did you predict this? Like, how did you know? And he's like, I don't know. I just thought it was cool. I mean, there must be a comic with something like this. I mean, yeah, like all of like Spider-Verse is like a, an old concept, but I think people didn't think it could translate for for live action. And it was just like the thought of like having, (laughs) well, like, like, yeah, setting it up in a movie. Right. But they, they did it. They fucking did did it. Um, this might be Toby's best movie. I mean, the, like, it it retains, like, the inherent, like, corniness of his Mm -hmm. character. Yeah, the fact that he's, like, dressed in, like, plain clothes. I love that. He's just, like... What did they call him? They were, like... uh, um, Oh, Andrew's, like, you're gonna go into battle dressed as a cool youth pastor? (laughs) (laughs) Um, God. He's still, obviously, my least favorite, but I really like that he, like, had mellowed out. Like, he also, like, clearly matured, and I would be actually, like, interested to see him... IRL like in his universe and like with MJ making it work like I was I was really happy to see that yeah he's like a not depressed Peter B. Parker Andrew's kind of a depressed Peter B. Parker he's not well not doing great yeah he's he reminds me of the uh yeah he's like the Jake Johnson he really is yeah for sure but uh really really great introductions for them both and it just like they really established the vibe that they wanted to to get bringing both of them into this movie, and it, it worked really well. They didn't feel out of place. No, not at all. Any I mean, more than they were supposed to. The whole setup for this movie felt so believable, and I said I don't bring it up a lot, but in, in a way that the last movie's setup was not believable. Like, they really made this work plot-wise, even though it was, like, such a big idea. Agreed, which is really a testament to It's the same writers as the last one. And they just, they made it work so well. And they obviously, like, it's a movie. They came in at the right time. But, like, I do think that there's just, like, something so poetic about it. And that they, like, they all know what each other need. And they all need therapy. <laughs> well, they got group therapy, kind of. Um, I, I like that they didn't actually reveal too much about what's going on in their worlds. They gave us enough. But um, just, like use your imagination like maybe they'll someday revisit that but like they don't need to like they just they touched on it really well like that toby's like figured it out it sounds like mostly retired like the fact that he was not wearing his suit um and that andrew's like kind of in the in the thick of it yeah not doing not dealing well with gwen's death as we all know yeah 
I mean, and like the way that they, you're right, like the way that they talked about it and not being like super like overt, like, oh, we're going to tell you exactly what's going on. And Andrew Garfield being like, you know, after a certain point, like I stopped pulling my punches and that like mm, reflects yeah. with what happens with, with Tom yeah. in this movie. Like, and, I mean, Toby goes through that too. Yeah. Uh, it's just like, they're all like on this like same trajectory or have been at some point or other. And they're all learning from each other. Yeah. And I like that he says that the, the Gwen death is the one that changed him, not the uncle Ben moment. And I think we, in a roundabout way, talked about that, like how like that was so pivotal to Toby's character and like his whole arc was about that. And we were like, Andrew Garfield didn't really go through that arc when his uncle Ben died. I mean, he went through like his own version of it, but like, that the Gwen death was like obviously so much more significant. Yeah. Even though we didn't really see the aftermath. And fresh, like to him, more so than Ben. Well, yeah. Um, and they just they did a really really lovely closure thing with that when he saves MJ from falling. Yeah. And and they made light of it, which I was like, thank God, because that's just like that's too soon for me. Yeah. Too fresh. <laughs> Um, I just, I really liked that moment that they included that. Like they both, both of the other Spider-Man had like opportunities to kind of stop something happening to Tom that they had to experience, whether it was like that or, uh, like Toby stopping him from killing Norman with the glider. Like he was like, I've seen what happens once when a Spider-Man kills Green Goblin, even if it was like. The context is completely different. And, and, yeah, bringing them in, like, at that moment when Peter is, like, at his lowest and is, like, basically just, like, in pieces is, like, really good. And him being, like, when he's, like, don't tell me that, like, you understand what I'm going through, when they are literally the only ones that actually do. Which they don't say, I understand. They just say, this is what happened to me. Yeah. And, like, I, I get why they didn't, they never have Peter, like, say that happened to my Uncle Ben, and I'm sure that will bother some people, but I also just don't think that they needed to. Well, it obviously wasn't an impact to him. It didn't change his spider man Yeah, like, this was this I, the crux. I almost think, like, this mysterious Uncle Ben maybe even died before he went to live with Aunt May. Yeah. Like, yeah. I it's... It's unclear, and now I especially don't care because they made Aunt May the Uncle Ben. Right. I mean, we'll see in the, the show that they're doing. And oh. now knowing knowing what happens here, I'm I'm really curious to see like how they're gonna how they're gonna do that because I think they're having like uh, Marissa Tomei will probably come back to like voice Aunt May and stuff. So that is it be supposed to like fit in with like the current plot? Yeah. Is it just supposed to be up? Until Civil War. Like, is it all Mm pre-Civil War? Yeah. It's supposed to be, like... Freshman year? Yeah. It's... It's It's called that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's literally going to be, like, the origin story that they skipped. I really like... So we get, like, fortunately, a lot of the Spider-Men talking to each other. And the scene where they're... The scene where they're in the lab working on the cures. Oh, I love it so much. All working together they're all smart boys they're all like they're talking to each other about like what they've been through and they play up like the hairy thing which is like still like sad for toby but also like very funny ned's Ned is like i did not know what i was getting into by asking this question and, he's uh, like why isn't there another ned 
Which is a very valid question. And Andrew doesn't answer that question. Do you have any friends? Nope. No, no comment. But doesn't he... Uh, does Andrew he mention... did not have any friends. No, oh, well, I guess Harry did, was did supposed he, to be. Did he mention anything about like Harry Goblin? He never no. said anything, did he? They, for, they wanted to erase that, I guess. That's too bad, because I actually think there could have been like an opportunity for the fact that like Green Goblin was such an impetus for, like, so much of their suffering. <laughs> I wanted there to be two goblins in this, but it would have been a lot, and also, like, a lot with, like, the Gwen yeah. stuff. Yeah. Like, it's not the third Andrew Garfield movie, although I would still take that right. now. <laughs> Look, I, I've said it, like, I, I talked about this for both of the Venom movies, I think, but, like, the whole Andrew Garfield being Spider-Man in the Venomverse idea for me is now more alive than it was before this movie because it didn't go in the direction that I thought it would in the post credit scenes. And clearly people are interested in seeing these characters come back. So let's just, let's just have Andrew Garfield be the Spider-Man in the Venomverse. But I thought he was basically saying that there isn't a Spider-Man. Like he's like, I don't know who this is. Wait, who is saying Tom that? Hardy. Does Tom Hardy, like, acknowledge that there's a Spider-Man in his world? No. But, like, he doesn't... He didn't know who Spider-Man was until the post credit scene in Venom 2. Right. So, like, what if he gets sent back to his universe, and then he's like, I wonder if there's a Spider-Man here. He goes to New York, and then it's Andrew Oh, Garfield. right, he's not in New York. Yeah. That's important. He's chilling, I he's mean, and Morbius which we saw the trailer for Morbius before this again. Um, he's going to be in New York for part of that. So I'm not putting my faith in anything, but... I would die a happy, happy person people, if they brought Andrew Garfield into the Venom world. And this is like a really good way to like judge interest. And people clearly really love Andrew Garfield, especially like when he is separated from the movies themselves, which is what people have mixed feelings on, not him. Yeah. Yeah, you already said this, but like the... The Spider-Man's brought a real lightheartedness that we we needed that pick-me-up. The only time I got a little out of hand was that was on the Statue of Liberty, which can we just quickly mention the giant cap shield <laughs> that they're building on her, and it's amazing. Insane. <laughs> which Insane. unfortunately falls, and I'm like, I would have loved that. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely, <laughs> as soon as that fell, they were like, fuck it, we are not doing this again. <laughs> Um, but yeah, they just got a little too corny with like, no, you're amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and there was a couple other things. I mean, I was like, look, okay, we get I it. I love the fan service. We like, the, get it. The back cracking is so funny. It felt so like funny. a deleted scene. Which is why I love it. I was, or a post credit scene. They're like, we got an opportunity to like put in all the fan service and like the meme stuff. We're What's gonna, the back we're cracking thing? In, is that like a reference? Yeah, to in, in his movie is there's one I can't remember if it's in Spider Man one or two. I don't think it's in the third one. But he like falls off a rooftop, or he either falls or gets thrown off a rooftop, and like hits like eight things on the way down, and then like lands in an alleyway, and he gets up. And he's like hunched over. He's like, my back. And then he stands <laughs> up and it like pops. And he's like, my back. Oh, yes. I do know what you're <laughs> So it's just like. I didn't realize it was like that direct of a reference. So now it's like this spider dad, Tobey Maguire, has decades of back pain from crime fighting, which is the most relatable thing. Is he a dad? 
I'm just saying that he's like the dad no, of this No, I know, group. I know what you mean. Um, I think maybe they would have mentioned that. <laughs> he might have been a bit more desperate to get home. And I also really like that when this final fight scene starts, they are like messing up because they don't know how to fight as a team. And then the whole sequence of... Spider-Man 1 does. Yeah, Spider-Man 1 being like, I was in the Avengers, and they're like, that's great. What is that? And Andrew Garfield was like, is that a band? Are you in a band? <laughs> also, and I all this stuff, like, Tobey Maguire talking about how he has the organic webs, and Andrew oh, Garfield is just the other making thing. this face of, like, awe slash disgust, and it's so funny. Those writers were writing directly to that meme. Yes. Yeah. It's so funny. It's well, so funny. And that includes the Miles Morales, because yeah. he's like, what do you mean your aunt makes, like, your... Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. I just, they knew, the writers knew that they had this opportunity to put, like, all these lines in one place. Yeah, Jamie they... Foxx's line being like, thought you were black. That was <laughs> oh, so funny. Oh, that's him being like, I didn't know who you were. Yeah. Like, which, yeah, I can't, that seems like a whole... Um, but that was so funny because him, yeah, him saying, I, I thought you were black. And then Andrew Garfield being like, I'm really sorry. <laughs> like, I'm sure there's somebody out there. It's so funny. Bring us miles. <laughs> oh man. And then, you know, they, they This does kind of ruin my miles idea though, because they made Tom Holland now the, the neighborhood Spider-Man. And I was saying if they Right. We're moving away from that for Tom Holland, and that's where Miles could fill the, yeah. the gap. Yeah. I mean, they could obviously still do a Miles Morales movie, but um, this, like, this basically did the thing. But right. now I do wonder if they're going to bring back uh, Scorpion. I, I think so. And I have some notes about that. I'll say it after we finish plot talk. Um but, you know, they, they fight together, they figure it out, and they they kick some ass in this in this final fight, as MJ says. I'm not typically one to, to eat my words. Just kidding. But I am going to retract something I said. I do think that Tom's the worst fighter of the three. And what what made you, like, think that, like, during this fight... Well, kind of the whole movie, he keeps <laughs> losing. <laughs> and, like, I mean, I already agreed with you that he definitely relies on his, like, tricks the most. Yeah. And, like, on the bridge with Doc Ock, like, he wouldn't have been able to do it without his own little Doc Ock uh, spider legs, um, which that was all just funny, too, that right. bridge part. But, um, yeah, I just think, like, he's... He's just not doing that great on the one-on-one -on -one fights. Like, again, I think he's really good at using his environment stuff. And I'm not even saying he's, like, not the strongest, because I think that's what you were talking about. But I think I think you're right to say he's probably the weakest fighter. He's also the youngest, so he doesn't yeah. have as much experience. I hope, like, in the... If if we are so fortunate to get some more Tom Holland movies, he they start to, like, show improvement in that respect. Because maybe he's, like, learned from them now. He sees how they fight. But he does some cool stuff. They had one of his moves that he does in this final fight was, as Tom Holland said, directly taken out of the video game. He, like, does a flip over Green Goblin and then, like, slams him down, like, after pulling him with webs. And that's, like, a finishing move from yeah. the PS4 Well, game. they do the... 
they all are in their formation. Yeah. Their Spider-Man poses. There's, like, a couple shots that are, like, so much, like... Like, was this for the poster? Yeah, like, well, they had, like, the one, like, when we first, when Tom Holland, Peter, sees the other two, and they're, like, on top of the school, like, in front of the moon, and then they have another one, they swing through, and they, like, pose on the shield. I think it's corny, but I love it. I have a couple more, like, questions about impact. I Do you have more, like, fight scene stuff, or...? Um, I mean... The only other one that I have is obviously we have all this stuff with Strange coming back and being kind of impressed with Ned, but then Goblin coming in, first of all, like almost being the one to kill MJ, uh, which you were like, that was rude. I think you said that out loud, <laughs> which it was. Um, but then like the whole thing where you think that, I mean, they do have like this one-on-one fight, but Tom gets the upper hand over yeah. Norman like immediately. And he is wailing on him. Like, and if those other Spider-Men weren't there, he would have definitely killed him. Because that was like, I mean, I, Tom Holland's acting game was like on point. Oh, yeah. Everything. And like the anger that he had was like palpable. It was like. Yeah, we've never most, seen this from like, him. So like vengeful. Like, I just, I just loved that. And. Having having Toby be the one to like stop him from doing something he'd regret was really great, and I thought they were gonna kill him. I thought so too. Which I'm like, I you know I, I'm kind of like I don't know why they did that if they didn't kill him. Um, was it just for the joke about how he got stabbed all the time in his movies? I don't know. Which he did. He got stabbed like no yeah. less than five times. Glad they didn't because I I yeah. felt like that was me too much. It's unnecessary. I yeah. We don't need him to die. We don't need to like close that circle like um oh and i like that we get doc ock being on the good side after they fix the microchip yeah that was very satisfying too because like i wanted that to happen in that movie right yeah and Um, i'm glad that he never like went back to the villain side yeah he came in and helped them but earlier i was like where is he why isn't he helping them right now Um, he was debating (laughs) whose side do i take he was just exploring the world you know getting his technology you know so but that kind of leads me to so they end up you know making these cures for all of them and and getting it to all of them and they're going to put them back in their in their world what what is the impact of that? Like, that's going to change everything. Like, yeah, I don't. And, like, we it's going to change the Spider Mans. Like, they're going to be different people because of that. Yeah, I don't know. And I, I doubt we're ever going to get an answer to that question, but it's really valid. And it's like, they can't send them back to the exact moment that they were transported because that's meaningless. Like, if they put Norman Osborn back. No, he's I gonna, think they are. He's going to come back and be like, hey, I'm a good guy now. And then he's instantly going to get killed by his glider? Or are we going to just, like, go back a little bit, like, before they even, like, start their final battle, maybe? I don't know. I think that would be, if if push came to shove, the writers had to answer that question, that's probably what they would say. Or, like, maybe the fact that the who they are has changed here. When they're sent back, everything will retroactively change. Because it's like, well... It's like fate. Yeah, like all this stuff. Like things that have happened as a result of who they were before they were cured would no longer have happened or something like that. Yeah, I mean, it's just like kind of a domino effect though. Like, Oh, yeah. 
Like, if you think about it too much, like, for instance, Andrew Garfield, like, if there was no Electro, then Gwen wouldn't have died, like, presumably. Yeah. I mean, we didn't, we did not have the other Green Goblin, so he's still a factor, but, like... Could just be, like, branching timelines all over the place, you know? Yeah, that's a thing. Gwen's dad would have never died, like, because of Dr. Connors. Yeah, it's... Or... That could ha- the Doctor Connors change could I guess happen after his death. I think it's just I guess it's too much to think saying about. that now. It's easier for me to just think about like that timeline still exists, and now this is just like, it's a, a new, new timeline. timeline. Yeah. That's a good point. So going forward, those are new universes, I guess. Um. Okay, so then we have this sacrifice memory thing. Yeah. Oh, and there's like a hug between the three Spider-Mans. That is yeah. the and most Andrew's, heartbreaking. Andrew's like, I love you guys. Yes, and they don't they don't respond. It's, and he needs to hear it. Thank you. He needs <laughs> to hear it, I love you. He has nobody. Um, maybe he saw a Sally Field. I don't know. He never says anything to the contrary, so. Um, okay, so this is this is the one that hurts my head the most. The people that did know Spider-Man, like, so who does Happy think Spider-Man is? He doesn't. But he says, like, I know, to like, through, I know her through Spider-Man. He knows, I knew May through Spider-Man. He just, he, I think, like, you could even say, like, yeah, the, the, the logistics of this spell are insane, but I'm thinking for someone in that situation, anything that would have been a memory of Peter is just replaced by Spider-Man in a mask. <laughs> so like he like could remember all, like, all this stuff about like going to recruit Spider-Man to take him to Germany, but like he doesn't know that it's Peter. He just like, maybe like something in his head is just like, yeah, like he okay. knew May like they were like friends or like she knows that that's his aunt yeah. even I don't know yeah like I I don't I don't or th- I don't know yeah I wouldn't I, guess I wouldn't think that he knows that it's she like had a any block relation. I guess yeah. in your memory which makes me think that somewhere down the line that's exploitable if they wanted to like oh I throw a wrench in it somehow it kind of reminded me of the end of Fantastic Beasts they um erase the memory of one of the muggles that he doesn't remember like magic or anything like that but it's like it's implied that like it's underneath the surface kind of like yeah and same they imply it at the end there with Zendaya she's like it's like deja vu I think she's like that seemed familiar but I don't know why And I think it could be, I think she, I think there'll be a scene if they continue with Zendaya and Tom Holland, which I hope they do. And they don't do like a crown thing where they replace the actors like older actors or something like that. Um, That would be a weird move. um, I think that it'll come like rushing back to her or something like that. Because like, I hope. They they never really address, and people are going to be, I just know people are going to be arguing about this for so long. I'm already annoyed thinking about it. Like. What does this mean? Like, what is his driver's license? I know he probably doesn't have a driver's license. What does his paperwork say? Like, is there evidence of a Peter Parker in the world? Like, 
all the newspaper headlines that were written about him. Like, what is that? Did they retroactively disappear? They switched to Spider. It's like a Back to the Future thing. Like all the pictures just like fade away, or like, but like those all those news articles being like Spider Man is Peter Parker. What is that? Like, who is Spider Man? Yeah, I guess it's because that's what J Jonah Jana Jameson says. At he the show end. his face. Yeah, I don't know. Is I, he cross dimensional now? I, <laughs> They uh, never, oh man, they never had Tobey Maguire. They didn't show Tobey responding. That That's, would have been too mind fucky. They don't want, they don't yeah, want yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, that looks exactly like my jeans. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm not gonna, you know, if they ever feel like addressing the, like, minutia of it later, sure. But other than that, I'm just gonna think that anyone that knew Peter in, like, any capacity is like, I know Spider-Man, and I don't know who it is. Yeah. I guess, like, there he does have some sort of identity, because he's, like, getting an apartment and taking the GED, like... Yeah, we don't know. I, I don't... Which like, I thought we were going to get the landlord from the Toby ones. I mean, we heard the vo a voice saying, like... <laughs> Mr. Ditkovich. Um, I was hoping that he was going to come back. I guess, like, it... He could still be Peter. Like, he could still go by the name Peter Parker, but that doesn't mean anything yeah. anymore. Like, I think he is Peter Parker. I think he does have a license and all that yeah. stuff, but yeah, but it's it doesn't, not. No one, that doesn't ring a bell. And I also, there's a lot of people that I've seen on Reddit and stuff being like, well, for people that were, like, off-world, they'll, like, remember him, and I don't think that's how it works. I think this spell yeah. affected the entire multiverse. Because that... The people that were coming in from the other universes, they had to be affected by that spell, too. Otherwise, it wouldn't work. Yeah, but they only forgot Tom Holland's Peter Parker. Right? Maybe. I don't know. They didn't really say, but... That would be I mean, interesting. Um, yeah, so... That's all my notes about the... The movie itself, and then I know we have two post-credit scenes. Yeah, um, yeah. I uh, regarding the end, I was just like, I this is this is sad in its own way, but like when he goes to the coffee shop and he like doesn't reintroduce himself, I was also like, it somehow gave me like warm fuzzies. Oh, anyway. I was very hopeful. I like the idea of him like creating a new relationship and and easing into it rather than just being like, here's the story like i think it's it's giving us something to look forward to yeah 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 and yeah there's just so many so many opportunities now they're not weighed down with all the stuff that's happened before and it's you know the blank slate pretty much which is kind of crazy to think about this far in and uh and now he's officially spider-man he's in this like dingy little apartment he has a police scanner which is like also straight out of the game mm -hmm. like yeah it's it's set up for him to just be like also doing his thing you know, maybe he'll still he'll start working at the daily bugle because now that's like yeah over the course of this movie goes from like a piece of shit like operation out of jameson's basement to like a proper yeah maybe thing. maybe he will that's true i hope he does something more with like how smart he is yeah i mean it I, would be now like, i feel like they can't introduce oscorp into this world now what an interesting thing would be like is yeah because it doesn't sound like oscorp's a thing because nobody like recognized yeah, normal the name. like yeah someone's living in my house yeah um but having 
like Oscorp like become like a company like and have Tom be like the only person that knows who Norman like was in another universe could be like a really interesting proposition and then maybe not have it be Green Goblin be the villain but have Oscorp as a presence or not have Norman have Harry yeah which would be really interesting but there's other options Um, yeah they don't need to do but I just feel like they can't really do Oscorp now because it's he already knows, like, the whole thing with Oscorp is like, it's oh, yeah, this yeah. is, like, a good agency that's, like, helping yeah. do stuff. They can they can go in other directions, so I'm yeah. curious. I kind of thought we were going to get to see some tease about who bought the Stark Tower, because people have been thinking about that for a long time. Oh, yeah. But... Did they say that? I missed that. Well, in Homecoming, they sold it. That's why oh. they were moving all the stuff. And then at the end of Far From Home, he, like, swings... There's, like, an opening at the bottom of it, and he, like, swings through it, and there's, like, a sign on it that's, like, we can't wait to show you what's coming. And it had, like, a four on it, so some people think it's going to be... The Fantastic Four. The Baxter building. Yeah, I think that's where the, like, Reed Richards is based. I'd be so excited. I think that's what they're going to do. Because, like, John Watts is doing the Fantastic Four movie. Like, he's tied into, like, this part of the MCU. So. Uh, But, yeah. That, that brings us to the end. We'll talk about the postcards and then we'll do some trivia and such. Yeah, so we had um, Tom Hardy getting drunk in a bar, which is pretty much where we left him at the end yep. of his film, um, Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage. Um, he's like waking up in a hotel room, like confused, and he's now in a bar, confused about what's going on. With Danny Rojas. Yes, which it took us, like, so long to figure out who that was. Spider-Man um, is life. Yeah. Spider-Man is also <laughs> death. Um, yes, yeah, so, I mean, it was a very short scene. The, the only significant part was, like, when he gets sucked. I thought at first when they showed him, I was like, oh, my gosh, he's not, like, with the rest of them. So, like, the spell is not going to work on him. Like, he's going to stay in yeah. this world, but that's not what happened. But something stayed. Yeah, he he loses a little bit of the symbiote, so I think that's that's a big setup. We, we see what's coming now, which is, is going to Is it going to attack Danny Rojas? That would be weird, but, you know, I would take more Danny Rojas. If you haven't seen Ted Lasso, that's who... It's, we're referencing a character from Ted Lasso. The funniest thing that I read about this scene, which really... Like, I thought this was funny, and, like, I liked it. Some people were really upset, because I think there's some people that do want to see these characters interact, and, yeah. you know, he was in the universe for all of 30 seconds in our time, which is, like, I get that. I mean, it's only been, like, 36 hours right. or something. Not um, even, maybe. But, so the the big theory for this was, like, oh, we're going to have, like, a Sinister Six, because, you know, the Sinister Six is, like, the big thing. Um, a Spider-Man's rogues gallery. And we had a Sinister Six, except the sixth member just hung out in Mexico and got drunk at a bar and didn't join the fight. <laughs> they were all, they had five people, and if he had shown up, it would have been like, oh my he's god. He's not sinister, though. I know, but like, he, I think Venom has been part of it. So the idea that he's like there. No, I know, just like, I'm just saying. Nice guy, just like chilling. Like, that bartender probably just spent like an hour giving him a rundown on everything that's happened in the MCU only for him to just peace out and not even pay his tab. So funny. Um, they do mention Venom 
from uh, the Tobey Maguire one, but they don't refer to it as Venom. Black goo. Oh, and um, that scene, that was another thing that people were like, this is proof that it's going to be Andrew Garfield in the Venomverse, because he's like, I want to fight an alien. Like, he's the only one that hasn't fought an alien yet, so everyone was like, grant him his wish. <laughs> Let him fight Tom Hardy's Venom. Oh, yeah. But I don't want them to fight. I want them to be buddies. If they do a movie like that, they will team up by the end of it. Yeah. Guaranteed. So. And then we had just been saying before the movie that there is no Doctor Strange trailer and that they never show that before, like, a Marvel movie. Yeah. And then what did we get at the end? We got a fucking Doctor Strange trailer as the as the post, post-credit scene, like... I they started it and I was like okay like we'll just see what strange I feel like they felt like they owed the fans something big yeah like pretty crazy and as was pointed out on the interwebs the last time that they did something like this was when they they put the Avengers trailer after the Captain America credits 10 years ago so pretty wild and I I wonder if that's just like they wanted to do it just for fun or if that's like trying to say something about like how big this movie is supposed to be. Um, cause this was a really interesting trailer. I can't figure out what's going to happen. Cause we got, we got strange. We got Mordo coming back. Who? Baron Mordo. Um, it's what's his name? Chiwetel Ejiofor's character from Dr. Strange. He's the one that like, leaves at the end because he's mad that Steven uh, is like manipulating yeah and there's like a post credit scene yeah. of him he's like taking everybody's magic away yeah and he was already mad at Steven Strange in that movie and now he has done <laughs> things that are a thousand times worse by his standards so he's gonna be mad we got Wanda in the mix oh a lot who seems yeah. to be chilling yeah but Doctor Strange is gonna fuck that I, up I don't know um, no, I don't want her to be bad. Basically, I, I want no villains. Is that possible? <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. Because we get flashes of, like, some giant, like, one-eyed alien on a street in New York. I feel like I missed some of this. Uh, I, There's a lot going they've on. They've got to release this, like, probably in a couple weeks. Like, as the trailer, I think. Um, I saw the new character, America Chavez, was in there somewhere. And what appears to be the Doctor Strange from What If. Yes, dark. Which is Like a dark crazy. Doctor Strange. Yeah. Well, it's just from another universe. But I think it's supposed to be... Like that one. Him, yeah, because we've been introduced to this other Oh, interesting. Strange. But, like, that Strange was, like, kind of good by the end of What If, so, like, I don't know. I hope that, I hope that we start to see, like, What If characters, like, in multiverse form. Because, like... Yeah, I wouldn't be mad if, like, we get some Captain Carter or something somehow. Yeah, that's going to be really interesting. Okay, yeah. So, you know, I saw someone on one of the Reddit discussion threads was like, oh my god, there's a post credit scene? Like, I left. And everyone was like, what is wrong with What? You? Do you know nothing? <laughs> like, what are you doing? Even all movies do that now. We wait at the end of every movie. I mean, a couple people left our theater. But not like, many. Most people yeah, there like, knew. like five or six. And I wanted to be like, stop. <laughs> but I just don't think they care, which is their prerogative. And there we have it. So a lot, you, lot to discuss. Did you see some Easter eggs? Yeah, I've got a, I've got a handful. Some that I caught during the movie. Some that I've read other people caught um the big one for me at the beginning 
was we had a billboard for Rogers the Musical. Missed that. Which we see in Hawkeye. Um, they showed a couple times when he's swinging through the city at the beginning, um, which I thought was like a, a fun callback. Um, when he's in the school, after he's like walked through the crowd, there's a mural on the stairs. And I saw Stanley Tucci's character from Captain America on that mural. Oh, interesting. Along with Howard Stark. They were both, they were next to each other, which I thought was really cool. Was there Easter eggs in the, like, display case that they had? Of I him? didn't, I didn't get a good I mean, look. And there's like a Rubik's Cube, there, which was maybe a reference to the spider I hope so. I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't notice any there. I think it was a Rubik's Cube. I don't know. The, uh, the other big one that I noticed was in the final battle when the sky starts to split open and Doctor Strange is like, they're starting to come in and I can't stop them. You see these silhouettes. Yeah. And I, the only one that I noticed was, well, I think, so I noticed, I noticed Rhino. Oh, maybe that's Rhino is the one that I noticed. No, there's a guy with a spear. People think that's uh, Craven the Hunter because apparently he has a spear. Some people also saw Black Cat. I think she was in there. And... There might, I think someone noticed Scorpion, but, like, not our Scorpion. Like, something closer to, like, the Spider-Verse Scorpion. And I thought that was really cool, because, like... I mean, I was, like, staring, being like, oh, who is it? And, you know, that's just a cool moment to, like, kind of acknowledge the existence of these characters. And we're supposed to be getting, like, a Black Cat and a Craven the Hunter movie or something, so I don't know if that's related at all so one other thing is uh tom holland's brother was supposed to be in this but his scene was cut very very how sad, sad. What, i wanted to see do him you know what kind of scene it was he was he was supposed to be like a drug dealer like and i think spider-man was gonna like stop him or something i don't i don't know how that would have fit in um but the i'm sure there's so many more that i'll i'll read about after we put this up but the actor's I, I think, and I, I haven't substantiated this completely, so my bad if it's wrong. This is just what I know right now. The actors that played the lizard, like human versions of Kurt Connors and Flint Marco, they were not there. They did voice work, but I know at least the scenes They of, cut away from Miss Dr. Connors really quick. They did. And um, Flint Marco, the scene where they had him like turning back into the human that was from spider-man from the, 3 i looked really was, it was archive footage well, wasn't he, he could become human form in spider-man 3 so i thought that was odd yeah it was i was like why is he i was he trying not? to remember that actually so like even if it is archive footage i was like okay well this is cool it worked but i couldn't i did notice the dr connor saying like that seemed weird yeah it was a little strange but i i didn't mind it i they made it work well enough um but yeah, I mean, I think there's going to be a lot that people notice. Probably more is people going back to see it multiple times, but I can only catch so much on our first viewing. There's something like very Shakespearean about it being like his solution from the beginning was that everyone would forget his identity and then he ended up having to do it anyway, but like he lost so much along the way. Yep. Like just very tragic hero which i guess spider-man is the ultimate tragic hero yeah as much as it hurts it's what it is um so we hope you all enjoyed it as much as we did yeah i mean please let us know because this was this was a big one and like you said it 
lived up to the hype and then some. And we're all happy about it. My favorite scene was anything with the uh, Spider-Man's. Spider-Man. Yes, thank you. Uh, I can't I, I can't even yeah, pick one. I can't really pick one. There's a lot of really good scenes in this, okay? Uh, but if you have one, let us know. Hit us up about it and let us know what you thought. And um, thanks for listening. Until next time, we are Out, out of, of the, the Superverse. Out of the Spider-Verse now.